On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we do a complete preview of Rufus's Vegas weekend with play-by-play of every single place we're going to be, tight time schedules so you'll know where to find us. Hopefully, one of you six out there will actually show up. Um, if not, you can just spend your time listening to this podcast where we have Matt David out from Deck Prism on talking a little bit of football, talking about some of the trends of this year and why he believes that the best bet to win the NFL is likely the Jaguars. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast, bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a town with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast where Rufus, as usual, has made us late and he's made our guest angry. He's pacing around his office right now. He's been angry this whole time. Just kidding. We have Matt David out, which is uh, a treat. Um, what was a treat? Because it's nice to finally not be the smartest guy in the podcast. Um, and uh, just kidding, Rufus. Rufus has been out at dinner all night, and I think he might be inebriated, but we'll see. Normally, I'm the one that's ornery with a glass of wine. Um, but no, Rufus this time is... Uh, Points unknown, making his way across the United States, maybe in a Motel 6 of some sort. Matt, welcome. Um, would love to hear your early take on the NFL so far. Actually, uh, for those of our listeners that don't know you, which hopefully is maybe one out of the six or one out of the seven, um, <laughs> what are... What, what, who are you and, and what do you do and why do you deserve to be on the number one sports betting podcast in the entire United States? Honestly, Jeff, I don't deserve to be on this podcast, but I'm honored, I'm honored to be here. And uh, I've been a football better for a long time. And uh, we now have a wonderful, wonderful managed trading services. Wait, company oblong or, oblong or round? Round. You're a round football better or an oblong football better? Well, we're oblong football better, but I'm, I'm a round he's, better. He's not better. a square. He's not a square better. Okay. Um, you also wrote the book, The Logic of Sports Betting, uh, which is an incredible book that we, I think, talked about. God, that was, what, two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, two years ago. Two years ago? Three, no, 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 two gone. years ago. Two, year, two years ago is right. It was before any of us wore masks. That's a long time ago. I don't wear a mask now, Jeff. Really? Denver's I mean, interesting. Make people me. don't wear masks in Denver, huh? My son's school, I actually had a, my son's school like event tonight, and I had to wear a mask inside. It's been a while. I try to avoid anywhere they make me wear a mask. Because you don't want to wear masks or because you think... I don't like masks. Interesting. But you're a man of science, and I'm guessing that you're like somewhat liberal. So are you are you vaccinated? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Pro-vax, anti-mask. Why anti-mask? That's very interesting. Anti-mask is strong. I don't know. I I don't think they do a lot of good. And like, especially for the kids, I think it's 
like hurting the communication. I wish well, my kids had more. You know, so if you, I had a mustache, if I had a mustache, a great mustache, I'd be very anti-mask. But I don't. So I'm okay with masks. Matt doesn't have a mustache, Rufus, so I'm not sure where this is relevant. I know. <laughs> I was just saying. Because, like, I was at a bar and the guy, like, you know, in, in Colorado, employees have to have masks, but not customers at places. No, I don't think that's true whatsoever. That's well, a business I, rule. There's no, there's no regular. That's there's no, what I've been told that by two different places in every restaurant I've been into. Everybody had all the servers, everybody that works for the restaurant has mm-hmm. had a mask on and, and customers have not. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're all lying to me. The bartender last night, Rufus, did not have a mask. Rufus, what if you had they a were kick closed. In- they closed. We were there after hours. We, we, they had already closed. They closed at 10. We were there till like 1045. Rufus, so what if you had a really good lip job? Off. Would you wear a mask? No? I don't know. Honestly, that's a good question. Okay. What if you had a sweet shade of lipstick on? Would you wear a mask? I don't know because I don't know what it would feel to have a sweet shade of lipstick on. Okay, so let's let's talk a little football. I think what is interesting is not talking specific teams. Wait, I want to interrupt because you interrupted yes. Matt t- talking about his managed trading services. And I think deck prism should get a plug well we'll get to we'll get to that right i mean ultimately like it we'll get to that within the framework of of questions and whatnot happy to matt give you a a quick plug on deck prism but i I like to uh bring these in contextually rufus so they don't seem like someone shilling their services deck prism will be fine with or without hey everyone now is just wondering will be fine if it gets the bet the process seal of approval uh, if you go to Beth, the if you go to Deck Prism and want to sign up for account, go to referral code Deck Prism slash BTP and put the referral code in hashtag BTP, and that'll give you free uh, live odds on any NFL football game. Right? Double won't work whatsoever. Uh, okay, let let's talk a little macro level, and what I love to hear from you guys both, Rufus, is you and Matt as professional football betters um oblong oblong what's the initial reaction so far to this season um obviously two weeks in is is not a real sample size to make real observations but i'm curious about a few things one um there are some narratives around the offense being up and based on some of the sort of things that were in preseason uh there's narratives around home field being back uh, to some degree, although I saw some numbers that weren't super high. Are there any trends right now that you guys have seen that you think um, are interesting from the first two weeks of the season? Holding calls, lots of holding calls, especially week one. Maybe slightly down this week, I haven't seen the numbers, but lots of very medi- mediocre holding calls. Wasn't it that Which way, last-, wasn't it that way last year at the beginning of the year? Last year there was a ton, right? Or was it no, 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 two years ago? And then last year there was none. Two or three years ago. And then they under and then last year they decided no more holding calls. I saw this. Huge drop. Scoring scoring was way up at the beginning of last year, right? And now we're now we're in the middle. We're in the middle zone. But we've had the time. I thought there was a lot of holding calls in week one, particularly like like judging from a so here's how I judge a holding call. If they call holding and I look at the replay and I can't figure out who the holding's on, that's a shit call. 
do you watch games just to do this really complex analysis that you're talking about? No, but we do, you know, shameless plug deck prism. We do deck prism. See how I got it in there, Rufus? It's like, uh, whatever. We do live for every game and I have a, I have a lot of TVs and all those standalones I've got, I'm watching replays and same with like the late Sundays, you know, I've got, I've got eight TVs in here. So I got basically two feeds of every game. If there's four, uh, four games on. Okay, guys, I have the facts here. So holding calls 2017 in week one. 2017 was 58, 2018, 64, 2019 up to 82. 2020, it dropped from 82 down to 18. And this year it was 53. So there was a directive apparently to officials to have to go to pre-2019 levels on holding calls. And they seem to have succeeded. They're finding holding calls I can't find. Whereas well, a couple of years ago, I felt that they were holding more. So what is the, what is your verdict? Sorry, Rufus. Well, it seems like there are more holding calls than last year for sure. But I, I think the thing that's interesting is all the, well, that's had a big effect too, is the taunting calls, hmm. which we all knew would I, happen. But why I does the NFL want to like add in this like random 15 yard penalty? Why do I don't they think fans it. want that? I don't get it. Like it doesn't make any I sense. I completely get not wanting the taunting, but like, isn't there a way to do it with fines where it doesn't just put this like random 15 yard on my first down bullshit in there? Well, and like a guy gets it for spinning the football. Like, I mean, think yeah. about do you remember when when celebration dances were imagine how much like he that? practiced to spin that football and then he spun it and they penalized him. Hey, hard work is not rewarded. It's a no yeah. fun league. What? So, okay. So holding calls slightly up is what we're saying, right? Uh, what, what else have you guys noticed? Is, is there, is there a notion of home field being back uh, to normal or, and then can we say that then if that's true, that home field has is big, uh, a big part of it are the fans. This is like kind of been the ultimate AB experiment, right? You're never, we you're can't never say gonna it. catch me saying that the fans matter for home field. Interesting. Ooh, what about, okay, so this is interesting because I, I was always in your camp, Matt. And I don't think it's the fans that are causing it, but I, well, like by being loud, but I think that they're implicated in referee bias. Referees for sure. And I understand the argument. We have the referee bias last year when there were no fans. No, there was, there was last year, there was virtually no home field advantage. And apparently according to Rob Bazola's tweet, there's been, no or negative home field advantage this season. Although I don't know how, if he's controlling for quality of opponent, because it could just be that there have been better teams, you know, playing on the road. But I think all the samples are short. And yeah, I, 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 don't, I think I don't home field advantage is going down because of better travel, uh, better, better ideas. Like the, the, the teams travel during better times. They're more likely to show up earlier, less likely to fly at night, more charter flights. I, I think that they don't feel eventually enough for those reasons. And I don't think it has anything to do with the fans. I mean, you're seeing that across college football too. I mean, like the professionalization in essence of, of sports, you don't have like, it's not like the minor leagues where in the old days, I don't even know if they still have it where it's like overnight bus rides, right? That'd be the worst. Like, so 
there is this trend, but then last year, obviously home field basically fell to all, to nothing. So you I think, think that was, was a sample size issue. You think it was Not entirely sample size. That seems a little, that's strong. I, I mean, and I agree. I'm not sure. I, okay, I agree, so, but so, okay. I think okay. that. So but what, Matt, what are you? Hold on, hold on. I want to say something. If we, if we looked at the last 20 years, year by year, I would venture to guess that there is no year that had less than an average implied home field advantage of a point. And I, I don't, maybe I'm wrong on that, but last year was like, what, a tenth of a point home field advantage, I think, implied? I, I'm, I might, it was something, it was very low. It, I know for sure it was under half a point. So, so Matt, you sound skeptical of this. Did last year, did you um, not really adjust your home field? I didn't adjust. Doesn't make it right. I mean, just because I think, just because I did it does not make it. I mean, so did you find that you ended up having often value on the home teams last year? Not that I remember. Well, it sounds like your memory might need some work. You think yeah. you, you think we have a I lot mean, of home teams? Well, well it just well, doesn't well, okay, really I'll, make I'll sense. I'll put it this way: when I looked at the like the market was pricing home field advantage, like because I you you can basically use a regression with lines to essentially figure out like how what the implied home field advantage is and it was like half a point last year by the market so if you were pricing it at two points then you'd have a point and a half on average of value on home teams every game yeah i think i mean i was using like six percent so like home team well you changed units on us kind of like mixed metaphors here here we go (laughs) <laughs> yeah but what about measuring points is kind of like measuring in american odds right it's like non-linear yeah rufus yeah but percent is also six percent is non-linear you need to if you if you go to odds ratio average home team makes 56%. Sense, right like because yes. because you're I'm not, not going to add six percent to a team that would have been 90 percent. no 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 i'm not adding six percent like the the way you're going to add models the work, odds the ratio associated with six percent yeah. And the home field advantage shows up in those in those projections. Like, here's one for you. Field goal kickers, they kick, they're like, you're going to make more field goals at home. I'm not sure why. Like, you know. Familiarity. You know the familiarity stadium. with the You know turf? the turf. Yeah, that's Maybe. real. The wind. It's, yeah. You might know. Think about Pittsburgh or something, right? Heinz Field, like the yeah, open end yeah, of the yeah, stadium. You know you know what the wind does on this open end of the stadium yeah. because you've kicked there so many times. Right. Probably. So the way our know. models work, we're including it in the projections. It's like, and then if you put it in the way we have it in, the average home team wins 56%-ish. So it's bottoms up. You're doing the home field at, like, at every single level mm-hmm. if it has an effect. Okay. I mean, again. That seems like the right have, way to do it. That seems like the right be, way to do it. What doesn't have to be right is like, I'm not disagreeing with you guys in that the the crowd has to be worth more than zero, especially when you think about referees. And certainly last year there was no crowd, and certainly the data showed that the home teams, you know, didn't score as many points. I'm just being honest about what what we actually did. I'm not saying it had to be right. I'm not even defending it. I don't think the crowds matter much, though, in general. I'm pretty sure of that. And I agree that, like, so, a team like Jacksonville, the market tends to think, oh, Jacksonville doesn't have much of any home field advantage because 
you know, the fans are just in the pool or not there or rooting for the other team. We did a really good test, I thought, some years ago where we bucketed all of the NFL and college stadiums, depending on what, you know, you would think would have the best home field advantage based on atmosphere. And we found no signal. Zero. Like, places like Arizona, Atlanta back in the day, Jacksonville. Jacksonville was actually probably reasonable then. But uh, Arizona being like the maybe, you know, there was more road fans than Arizona back then at home fans before the new stadium. And there was no signal. And I, I don't see why that would change. And I, I liked how we, how we did that, 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 that study. And, and, and so that, and Matt, I, Matt, I've done this. I've looked at this in college with attendance and, you know, because I have attendance in the data or mm-hmm. like stadium capacity or whatever, not found much there. Yeah. No, it's, it's all time zone, body clock, travel, travel. sleep. I mean, sleep Huge. is so important. It's so underrated. Going from south to north versus north to south, big difference. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, so I found that. I, humidity. Found that I think humidity matters. So, so you showed up in Colorado the other day, Rufus, and what did you tell me? Oh, my God, it's so dry. I feel uncomfortable. Well, like my, I wake up, my nose is all dry, right? Right. But thankfully, I, you, your wife gave me this awesome moisturizer, which I've been using, and it's amazing. She has a cream for all, all, all occasions. <laughs> well, I, I really don't know what skin to, food. to sort of take from that. <laughs> like that. It, it's sort of like when Rufus said something. I mean, Rufus has a lot of those kind of lines on this. So this is like a fast, this is fascinating. So ultimately... This idea of sleep, let's say, right? So you're saying that the West Coast team that goes east, or sorry, the East Coast team, no, the West Coast team that goes east, theoretically is going to get less, fewer sleep. Than... No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking about it more from a like a circadian rhythm. Circadian like, rhythms. Like your 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 body is best at the times it used to be in the best, which is usually like you know in the afternoon. So the East Coast team goes to the West Coast and plays a night game. That's bad. The West Coast team plays at, you know, NFL 1 p.m. Eastern time. That's bad. So your home field is like nuanced based. Is it nuanced based on these types of things? Yeah. Got it. Not to give away all the secret sauce, because I'm sure that's where you get all your value is from predicting rhythms. We have a... One of the one of the great things about having our managed trading services these days and being on the other side of the business is, I mean, the world's changed and I'm I don't see the the, the value in this stuff anymore. Like I would have, I, I had never said that a couple years ago. On a podcast, by the way, and and I, Matt, I completely agree with the circadian rhythm stuff. I read, um, actually, it was the year before I moved out to Las Vegas. Like I read this book. The Promise of Sleep that my dad wanted me to read. And I remember reading that um, by William C. Dement and Christopher Vaughn. Um, like, but the whole idea of like times that the body's most alert and, and like that's where the whole West Coast team flying East and playing a 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. game comes from, right? It's like, you know, it's that game is being played not 1 p.m. their time, right? It's 10 a.m. their time. I think the under, underrated one currently is the, the East Coast team flying West and playing at night. And playing at the night game? Right. Whether it's football, baseball, hockey. Yeah. 
but you I guess know. you're right. But, but, but as Matt, as you said, with the travel schedule, like if a West coast team flies East, let's say they play two games on the East coast, right. Or like they stay there, then that's they not a big deal. Or, that, or, so, I mean, or I'm always the question looking for that. is, do they go, what do they fly on Sunday, Saturday, Saturday? Do they fly on Friday? Like there's a big difference, right? And we got a couple London games this year. It matters. I mean, the, the earlier they show up, the better they're going to play. It's like a climatization. A day earlier, I, I, yeah. I doubt that. A, I'll bet any team that shows up in London a day earlier is a is a blanket plus EV bet into the market this year. So here, so for like the listeners out there, the seven of them, do you what kind of impact are we? Well, Matt's about? one of them, so we're down to six if he's on the show, okay. right? I'm terrible at podcasts, honestly. You're not losing okay, so we're fine. We got I haven't seven. listened to like there's like three of your podcasts I really want to listen to, and I haven't gotten to them. So, so Matt, what like what is the scope of this effect? Like, if you knowing, I put it in whatever terms you want: percentage, points of West Coast, like a oh, West Coast team flying East and playing a 1 p.m. game, or you can give me another example. But what, like, how like what is sort of that scope of the the effect there? Three, four percent. The teams are even. I think it's. I think it's big. Okay, so so three to four percent. So you're saying like more than a point, or a point or so. Actually. I mean, depends on which point, but sure. Right, but on an an average. Sorry, I'm gonna give you a hard time about the An points. average point is like what? An average point is worth like what? Two point something percent. I would say. I thought it was more mm-hmm. like three percent. Nah. I think I, Literally, I think I mean, it was 2.6. So I got to use the awesome unabated season wins the simulator. And the first thing I had to do was try to figure out approximately how much a point was worth. <laughs> I was like, Rufus, it's how funny. much is a point worth? It's funny. It's you know, if you operate in different languages. Well, well, a point at, at the median versus a point elsewhere, right? Like if you say, okay, a game that's lined at one, what's the push probability of one? Again, it's lined at two, what's the push probability of two? And you take that all the way up, then- The difference between say this, you know, six and the team winning by 14. Right, like, it, right. In a spread of six, the team winning by 14 is obviously gonna be way less, but um, it's, I think it's in the 2% range, two point something percent, mm-hmm. sorry. In fact, I know, I, I do know this. I'm just trying to delay to pull up the spreadsheet to tell me. Okay. I don't know why I had like two, three percent more in my head, but that was from my, you know, unabated simulator experience. Actually, I, I'm seeing. I don't like know if NFL. you know. But- no, NFL, you're at three percent. I was thinking college. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so Matt was right. Rufus is wrong. Correct. Um, well, just to clarify, Rufus, Rufus say- pulled me the three percent the first time, so all the information came from Rufus. What is this expression? Garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> um, okay, so back to NFL this year and, and even college. Are there are there any other things that are macro level trends um, with, let's say, COVID, right? Last year, there was all this sort of COVID stuff that caused pretty big line moves at times, you know, intra week, inter week, no, intra week. Um, how is that, is that being, are you looking at that similarly or how do, how, how do we think about the role COVID's playing this year so far in, in sports betting and will play going forward? I try to ignore it and hope it goes away. Yeah. I don't think about it ever. 
I mean, we have one guy that we know is that's purely a positive, uh, positive EV COVID better. And that's our, our, uh, our bearded friend. All he does is sit around and look for COVID situations and jump in when he can. No, he is not allowed to bet until he loses more weight. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, he's going to be joining us in Vegas, Matt. I still think you should try yeah, to make your way out there. Come I out wish. for like one night. You can come out for a night. I wish I, I... stop wishing. Have a... Just we, we have a we have this man's trading services business that that that, that caused it. So, so let's let's actually talk a little bit about that, man. No, I'm I'm now see it's a good segue into that. What requires you to be there all the time, where you can't come sit with us? at the pool at Wet Republic or at the club or at dinner. And I'm giving Easter eggs, like a scavenger hunt for our seven listeners that want to come to Vegas. They may find us in any of these locations. Actually, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to literally reveal a location that we will be that they can come meet us. Um, and so we'll see how many people seven cool. make it to the end of this podcast and then how many of them actually make it to Vegas. The over-under is a half. <laughs> Could be half a person. That's because that's Matt, well, how much are you betting, Matt? See, Matt Matt himself might show up, but he but the thing well, is the joke's true. on I, him. But he actually he said he, he's not really a listener, the so joke's he doesn't on count. him. Exactly. The joke's go. always on me, Rufus. Okay, so back to your managed trading services. Like what what requires you to be there? What are you guys actually doing? We've talked about Deck Prism on this podcast before. Um, you guys are on the cutting edge right now, helping, uh, ultimately, hopefully helping sports books more effectively run um, their business. I don't know if you happen to listen to the podcast that we did um, with uh, John Sheeran, um, where he talked a little bit about the quote unquote technology problems that he goes through. Um, you know, hopefully Deck Prism solves that, right? But, but tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing there. So currently we're doing the, the, the pinnacle live odds and I mean, pinnacle just has an, they have an amazing business and really amazing, but the people that bet, I mean, you've never seen people so sharp that bet there and our software is great. Our software handles a lot of, you know, a lot of situations, but at the end of the day, if, you know, if, if it's our business on it's our business. It's our, uh, you know, word on the line. I've got to be here. I'm, you know, we're not going to have you a, manually, we're not going to have a product with, with, without me behind it. So I'm you're manually sitting overlooking here at the day. If we're, that's the, that's, that's why I just, I can't do it. How many live, how many live games, are, like on a call on college day, like assuming, assuming that NFL, every single game has live odds, right? And we do most of the college games too. I mean, our policy is if we can't get any reasonable video of the game, we don't do it. The, the data is just not good enough. So, like, the ESPN3 games, the ESPN Plus games, sometimes we try to – they're too slow. If we have any TV feed, we do all, the, all those games. What kind of volume are you getting – are they getting on some of those games? Mm, not sure I can speak to that. Damn it. I was hoping that you would let that slip through. I'm curious about how much how much betting volume some of these smaller games get. Ooh, I um, know, but I'm not allowed. I, I honestly don't know the answer to that either. Offhand. You probably you probably honestly shouldn't say it live. I, I wouldn't. Um, I, I, I can't speak to any of this specifics. You're probably you bound. Have, you might have you might have told me last night though. 
but I'm not gonna say. Rufus, why okay. are you why are you actually throwing him under the bus? He didn't. I mean, <laughs> no one really believes you anymore, Rufus. Okay. Um, and so you guys are just doing powering live odds for Penny right now. Well, we have a few other clients, but that's the the, the that's the one they're all trying to take our heads off, you know, with. I mean, that's a, you know, every, and, and everybody. That's, um, and, and are you only providing live odd services right now? And what sports are you doing it in? We, we have a 24 seven. We do, we do all, all, all American sports, but we'll, we'll have all the sports by, by next March. We do, you know, pregame and everything, but, but, but the, the, the pinnacle is only live. Who's are there? Are there books right now using your pregame odds and like adjusting, or are they just kind of subscribing and then making their own risk we management decisions based on it? So our services obviously are we service the client, so they tell us to you know jump three times, we jump three times. But there's no there's no control on their end where we we manage the lines. For 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 live, but not for pregame. For every if, if we manage the line, the way our software works, it, it's so. Are you running the entire penny book these days? You did. All right, it's our feed. Are you running the entire penny book these days? No, it's only live. Got it. Okay, interesting. Okay, so um, and then ultimately, you hope this allows you to be like the main technology stack for these companies because ultimately you think that what you're producing can be better than what they have what they're currently using which doesn't allow them to actually do anything as we learned from john Shearer. i'm i'm driven i'm driven by trying to win the money i want to try to win the money that's what's fun to me is doing the analytics building the models and trying to win the money where that leads us either i mean so do you, you so do you do you you get right now you get excited about winning money for Penny against all of these sharps, essentially. And the reason you get excited about it is you feel ultimately like you're dealing a fair, a fair product. And so therefore it's, it's, and we like have with, no delay. Like the one thing, we'll what, never what's, what kind of big, what kind of uh, hold are you, are you taking on these bets? It's for our, so, so our standard hold is 4%. Actually, I have a, I have like a, Theoretical. So the way the way I the way Deck Prism looks at hold is not as a like we don't think of ourselves as gambling with customers. We think of ourselves as providing a product for sports books to offer to customers. So we look at it as the the hold is what you're paying the operator and you know us in combination to right. to offer the product. It's, it's a it's a it's a cost, it's a markup. So like my take is 4% hold on everything. I would charge 4% hold on the coin flip of the Super Bowl, and I would charge 4% hold on the most obscure prop you could think of. We do not go over 4%. If someone asks us to go under 4%, we will. Like some of the half times are 3%, for instance. But my take is the hold is not a, it's not a gambling game with the customer. It's a product offered to the customer, and 4% is, I think, a very fair rate to charge for everything that goes into offering the gamble to the customer. Interesting. Our goal with all of our products is to offer like, like what I call carnival games. And I call them carnival games because losing customers lose a, like think about when you go to the carnival and you get to like 
you know, shoot the gun at the, you know, the thing to win a stuffed animal, right? You're, I mean, I haven't done this in years, but I guess I'm, it's in my future. As, but you as get the idea. You're probably going to lose. I mean, certainly not, not there. I mean, to, not at skee ball or not at like the the one with like the big claw that comes in and gets the stuffed animals or when they get the lobsters. I pretty much always win those. There's somebody though, maybe you, that can go beat those games. Yeah. Right? So it's coming out of my next book, it's called Bring It Down the Carnival. <laughs> I have another Ooh. one coming out called Bring It Down the Buffet, which is like basically how to optimize a buffet and like what to order. Nate Silver already wrote an article about that. Though. How really to have positive EV eating experience in Las Vegas at buffets. Oh, well, he did it about the buffet at Whole Foods. Does that have so. a big audience? What's that? It's, I have a bigger audience than our podcast, which is really all that matters. <laughs> and honestly, that's another Easter egg, which is Bellagio Buffet at some point this weekend also. Rufus but knows that I spend at least two to three hours in buffets when I go to Vegas. Jeff, did you know that I've not been to a Las Vegas buffet? Like, I, I've been to one Las Vegas buffet in my life, and I lived in Las Vegas When's, for five years. What's the last one. buffet that any of you guys have ever have been to? It was at the win in 2010, maybe. That's my the friend, last buffet you've been to, period? Probably. My friend Foster Hayes had just won a World Series of Poker event, and we went to the buffet to celebrate. Matt, what's the last buffet that you've been to? We, well, I mean, I just moved away, but I lived in Vegas. And anytime, like, family was in town, like, my, my wife's family in particular, they'd love they to go to the buffet. We'd take them to the Wind Buffets. The Wind Buffet. It was the Green Valley buffet. buffet. They love the, the Green Valley, the Green Valley Ranch Buffet. It's okay, but my wife's family loved it. And Price is right. We go all the time. We walk there, and I'm a, I'm a buffet fan. And I'm, I've learned to not overeat at them and such. And I, I, well, I but I mean, of the, 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 the wind buffet is a little bit different than the last buffet I went to, which was at the, uh, the Sizzler. Hotel. What's that? No, I was at like some Disneyland hotel and went to the buffet there, like mm -hmm. literally three months ago or two months ago in August. <laughs> And it was it was terrible. I mean, it was which, like, which which one like the breakfast ones? I actually thought those breakfasts were like no, breakfast was fine. Good. It was the dinner that was not good. The breakfast, oh, okay, was fine. no, I can see that. breakfast you can always get like sausage and bacon, and it's always like fine. You Who know? cares what food they give you? The character sing, the kids love it. That is the character singing is amazing. What's it really matter what the food is? You know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really, we're just, we were talking about buffets and I know that people on like, we're probably down. We're, the goal is to get to zero listeners by the time I tell people where we're actually going to be in Vegas so that really nobody shows up and I win all the money on the under that I've been uh, booking all, all these over betters. Um, let's talk a little bit about Vegas and, and okay, so you're not going to join us, but what would be as someone that's lived in Vegas for a while what was what's your go-to guy's dinner in Vegas? Like, where should we rye. go that we've never been? Have you been to Herbs and Rye? No. Go to Herbs and Rye. It's a the great cocktails. The 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 thing. Get the pork chop. It, Where's Herbs and Rye? It's on uh, Sahara. 
I've oh, never it's like been a freestanding restaurant that's in not room. in a <laughs> casino. No, it's not in a casino. So it's slightly off strip. Another oh. place there's a there's a Korean place, the the Korean barbecue place that I like. Uh, uh, Dude, this place looks cool. Herbs and rye. It looks like herbs and rye. Good. You, you that'd be you'll like that place. Do you, would they make me a really good old fashioned? Oh, the, I think they have the best cocktails in Vegas. Wait, is this the place that like? Oh, what is the place that like? In Lotus, the rock, yeah, the Thai place. Oh, Lotus is Siam. Yeah, my wife's favorite. That's that's been there. That's like famous though. Everyone knows that. We want some like underground shit. I think everyone knows herbs and rye now too. Uh, Rufus, what's something you want to do this weekend that you've never done before that you want me to arrange? Golf with Jeff Ma. That's that's, that's arranged. Happen. We're playing at twelve twenty. Unfortunately, none of the good courses are open because they're all overseeding. Wait, where are we? Oh, where are we playing? Bali High. Oh yeah, we're not playing Southern Highlands. Okay. Yeah, I mean nothing's open, so unfortunately, and uh, yeah. It's sad. I think as sports players, you should play Bali High anyway. I think you made a good choice. Are you a golfer, Matt? No. Nah. We actually have one spot left, Rufus, in our foursome. If you, if there's anyone you want to invite, okay, I'll uh, I'll. And I'll obviously, it's your choice. I made I made Rufus a deal though last night. I told Rufus if, I told Rufus if he spent more time in Denver that I would take up golf at some point. Um. Well, we gotta we gotta organize something where we all get to go and hang out in vegas or in a city together it's basically guests of the bet the process podcast um like you cheetah rob uh who else rufus would we have who, who do we have on all the time um jennings we've had a few times jennings seems like pretty locked down though i've invited him to do but like i invited him to come out to that mythical trip that you were going to take out to san francisco where we were going to go see uh uh phil mickelson up up at uh up in napa but he couldn't but i mean he has a he has a six month seven month old kid so i mean i mean that's like the best time to go they're blobs they don't do it matt tell us they just don't do it they're easy to take care of then that it's the the worst time to leave leave your kids it's probably if you have two kids, it's when they're like one and four or something like that. Like that age difference when the one of them starting to move and need attention and the other one needs attention all the time is that, that's a tough age. Like one and three for me. I don't know what it was for you, Matt. So my son's five and he's good with us leaving out for a night. He's no problem with it. Whereas a year or two ago, it was it was not easy. Yeah. And um, what else besides golf, Jeff Mall, Rufus? Because you're you're getting that dream. Uh, I mean, I don't like. Are you are you saying what that I have not experienced on previous Vegas trips? I mean, what do you want to do? What's the most exciting thing you want to? Do? I mean, we like I've planned the trip already, very much the way I normally plan things. Well, that sounds like it's going to be a fantastic weekend then. Like okay. I, I have absolutely no issue with anything you've ever planned before in Vegas. Like, can you? I thought they're all guess, fantastic. Can you fantastic. guess where I'm going to tell people to meet us for this weekend? Um, Wet Republic. No, I don't know if I want all these the riffraff coming to Wet Republic with us. Uh, uh, wait, I'm, wait. Oh, I know where at the craps table. Yes, at the craps table at the Aria at ten o'clock after dinner. 
on Friday. I think what we'll do is have dinner what and then we? go down and play crafts for a couple hours before we go to a club. That I think is the plan. Or, or is the riffraff or the seven riffraffers going to be allowed to go in? Are the Raiders in town that I weekend? Mean, they are. they, they may not want to go with us, Rufus. I mean, no, I mean, who what knows they what do? we're going to? What? Well, I don't know. You, you know, presumably. I do know, presumably. The stadium's beautiful. It looks amazing. Been? I want to go. I was going last week, the first game. The Monday night game? Yeah. Well, we got season tickets. You know, we lived there and and uh, probably the only game I ever go to, but it was chill and fun. Seems okay. really nice. Um, let's do I'm this. Gonna, I'm going to find tickets. This right is now. what we call a segue. If my wife didn't sell ours and you want them, you can have them. I'm going to StubHub right this second. I'm going to find this some tickets. This is what we call a segue. So segue into the Raiders, as we've been talking about. Oh, David. Derek Carr. Don't call me David. Raiders good, lucky, or mediocre? Well, all I know is I have futures on them to win every amount of games between 8 and 15, like individually, unexact. Mm-hmm. So. Good start. So yeah. Good about that. Derek, Derek, Carr, Derek Carr's been great. I mean, I he wasn't good a couple years ago. and I mean, he, he's a different quarterback. You were telling he's me he's been an offensive genius. Now they have defensive coaching. They still have a dearth of good players on defense, and their offensive line is thin as fuck. But uh, they got Waller. They got. Am I allowed to say that on the podcast? I guess I. You're allowed to say Waller. Anything. Yeah, you can say Waller all you want. There's nothing wrong with the word Waller. You can't uh, say Waller though. Waller might be a top five NFL player, like including quarterbacks. Waller is tagged him. What what are you judging that based on? His impact on the game? Like, everyone's trying to double cover him, and he's open on every play. Interesting. I think that's just what we call analysis. Um, Did the Raiders have a bye this week? Are they off the board? I can't find them. They play the Dolphins. They play the Dolphins. Dolphins. Got it. What time is the Um, Okay, so – Let's do a quick little trip through both the NFL and college because we have two plus EV betters here and see if we can find some minus EV bets for, for, uh, for the betters out there. Um, That's what we do. I was worried we were going to do this. I'm, I haven't done any work. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, seriously. Do it tomorrow. When you, when you say you haven't done any work, his no work is the equivalent of me working all the time. So. Uh, were you sad, Matt, that we didn't do an NFL Calcutta? I mean, they were so much fun. So I, I guess from that from that standpoint, yes. I think is this the first time you've thought about us doing NFL Calcutta? Honestly, yeah. Okay, <laughs> as I thought. <laughs> All right, so here's here's one for you guys: Tampa Bay Bucks opened at plus one. Now it's minus one and a half. That line closes what, Matt? Tampa is about there. Tampa, fifty-two percent. I love the Rams this year. I, I, I but the defense. The Rams are another team that they, they've lost a couple. They've lost all their depth. So outside of the the star players on defense, in two games in a row, the other team's offensive line blocked them just fine. That being said, Stafford, good receivers. I think. Uh, so I do, think you like, a really, do you like the Rams there plus one and a half? Cup, but. I, don't, I, I honestly haven't done the work. I, I'm, I like both these teams. I like Tampa and, you know, 
You could bet both. Brady's the best young quarterback. I think Brady's going to be really good someday. Tom Brady? I mean, I I feel like he's a future. Yeah. Hey, what are you guys? Obviously joking. Have you ever seen – he's older than me. And I think he's currently playing the best football of his career. That's insane. It It really is. Insane. Um. What do you guys make of Mac Jones so far? What do your numbers make of him? Oh, I like Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been very good. Now, I didn't watch the Jets game, but I watched him a lot in preseason. I watched the, the, the game against the Dolphins. And I think Mac Jones is the clear upgrade over Newton last year. I think the Patriots, I think, are very good. Yeah, I mean, my numbers don't like – I mean, my numbers, you know, we've covered this every year. They don't like him because he's a rookie, right? Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of experience. It's, it's, it's why – yeah, I mean – because that's what the data generally says that, you know, even if you play a few good games, you're probably not going to sustain that um, initially. There are obvious exceptions, but for every guy that's played two good games to start his career, um, you know, most end up, well, many end up being great quarterbacks. Yes. But, uh, it takes some time too. And there's going to be, there's going to be growing pains along the way. And it's not like he's going to be an instant superstar. And Matt right Jones now is a weird, Matt Jones is a weird rookie in that. I don't know that he can get a lot better. Right. Like, right. That's the I thing. Have drafted right? him because I, I think this is like his ceiling right now, but he's good. He's, I think he's, top, he's like a game manager, top right? 20, maybe top. He's a game manager. Right now in the second game. He's a game manager though. I mean, Rufus, no, what, he's a good what are you, what are well, you no, basing, that's, you can be a good quarterback and be a game manager. But Rufus, what like are you Brad basing Johnson that type? concept on him being a game manager on? Like, it's like. Based the, on what the, Matt just said, the fact that he can't get much better. I mean, doesn't, isn't that kind of the definition of a but game how, manager? I mean, how, he's not going to be a quarterback that's going to win a game for you on his own. Is that correct? Is that what you meant, Matt? You got the, the juxtaposition of like, like the kissing Brady's ass and like the, what you're saying about Mac Jones to me is interesting because I'm a lifelong Patriots fan. And I think, and obviously it's a tremendously small sample size and what Brady's done later in his career is really what we talk about, but where, where Mac Jones is right now compared to where Brady was at the same point in his career is not even close, right? Brady was sitting on the bench at this point. Right. And ultimately what I've seen out of Mac Jones, they've had a very. Oh, he was also a six-round draft pick. Mac Jones was taken fifteenth. I mean, I don't think that's a. He was getting reps, and also well, the so... preparation for for college players that enter the NFL is a little bit different now than it was in twenty years ago. Which is so the think about that. Brady played in a completely different era, and he's still yep. dominating the NFL. This is insane. It's just absolutely insane what he's doing. Yep. So the other thing that I find interesting about this, right, ultimately is this concept of him being a game manager, right? Because I think it's a little bit unfair because so much of what um, quarterbacks look like are based on what the offensive game plan is for them. Mm-hmm. And I do think they've had an incredibly conservative offensive game plan for him, be, you know, because <laughs> they, they don't want him to make mistakes. They want to put him in a position to succeed. I mean, Rufus, in his first game, do you know how many yards he threw for? What would you guess? Uh, 250 a game, maybe. He threw for 281 yards in his first game, right? Okay. And I, it's, it's to me, that's more than just a game manager. And, and if you look, like they were well, from a game situation standpoint, it's not like they were down the whole time. They were in a very low scoring game 
with with the Dolphins. Um, and 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 again, like I just it, to me, it seems a little like premature to say he's a, just a game manager. Okay, game managers can put up big numbers though. It's not. It, it's about not being able to win the game yourself and being a quarterback that needs a good supporting cast. Like I would say, I mean. Like Are Brady's, a guy like Brady's Kirk a game manager then? Do you think Brady's a game manager still? I mean, people always said that a little bit when, you know, relative to like, you know, someone like Peyton, maybe. Um, I mean, relative to like an Aaron Rodgers, sure. Or Brett Favre, that's sort of a gunslinger, right? I mean, it's 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 sort of just a different style of quarterback, I would say, right? Like Mahomes is like definitely not a game if manager. You're, if you throw more interceptions, you're not a game manager. Well, it's more like taking risks and, and being able to create on your own. So Rufus, you will give people so much shit for having a narrative that has like no numbers based on them, right? And ultimately this narrative that you have of quarterback skiing game manager, I'd love for you to put a rubric around it, which actually has statistical characteristics to it that says- I feel like hey, we could do that though, right? Based on like air yards per attempt and stuff like that and being able to like scrambling and, you know. You're saying, you're, you're, you're definitely- Style. Mike my, my is like- Someone that, that runs the play call but isn't about to extend the play and you know make a make a make a throw on the run, not a you know Mahomes. Then you're kind of saying wait, wait, like what, the, what, I, what I'm basically pocket. saying. What I'm basically saying is the guys that that um, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay wanted. They were like, we have you know, although I you know Jared Goff like Jared has Goff. the arm strength to be a more than a game manager, sure. but like Goff is, but. But Goff is very much someone who needs, like, he's not going to create on his own as much. Is Matt Stafford? Most quarterbacks, right? How, how many quarterbacks are really going to create on their not own? Not that many, right. But they're like, we wanted, we're willing to trade a ton of capital for the chance to have someone that will be one of those that does. Like, Matt Stafford I, can definitely I, create I, on his own. I he has in the just, past. I think you are falling for a narrative. Or is right he now. just a better. I think uh, wait, Matt am I making be, a judgment? I mean, I love Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, I also think he's kind of making a moral judgment on quarterbacks about their character. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I think quarterbacks are immoral. I I would, I would like. I think it would be interesting for you to listen. Go back. I know you never listen to our podcast because you can't. Like, you hate the sound of your own voice. But you should go back and listen to what you're saying because essentially like okay so i I, i've had so tyrod taylor is he is he a game manager or is he uh is he uh you know like he's not he's someone that can create on his own so he throws the ball downfield i would say he's not a game manager definitely a game manager because he doesn't take a lot of chances and he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions he takes sacks because that was the big thing about him he took too many sacks right i would not say he's a game manager i think he throws the ball downfield Tyrod Taylor doesn't move fast enough through his project through, through uh, you know through the play. I think Tyrod his, Taylor his is progressions. In, it, it, is that the word yeah, you wanted? That's the word I was looking for. You're gonna say Which his projection word because I don't I don't that's not how most offenses and plays work anymore. But he doesn't he doesn't process fast enough. I would but, say he's I, at least I would say he's at least like the twentieth best quarterback out there. Well, he's very good with his legs and he throws very accurately. Yeah, and, and I think that the thought that Houston was going to be so bad and that he was, I don't know, like a liability quarterback, I mean, is Houston's going to be pretty bad. Yeah, they're not good, but they're not as bad as the Jaguars. 
Yeah, who is? I mean, look at I me. Mean, the Jaguars managed to take a bunch of good defensive players and just dump them off. And they called it rebuilding, but what they really did was just dump a bunch of good young players. I do not understand it, what their plan was. And now they have well, a bunch of shitty young players. <laughs> they're calling that rebuilding, apparently. That's why they're the Jaguars, isn't it? You know, as you know, I'm not we, a Trevor Lawrence we, fan. I, we I go back to it. this for a second because this is like a very interesting thing. The, the notion of the super athletic quarterback, right? is a relatively new notion, right? Like the, the, the concept of a pocket passer. My dad accuracy. is still sure that Lamar Jackson's career will not last long because he runs too much. Well, so if you, if you again, if you go back to this idea, and so I, I had a conversation with the NFL executive about this once, and this, is, this was probably five or six years ago. And I remember basically saying to him, I really, you know, as again, as a Patriots fan, like lamenting the the lack of mobility that Brady has in the lack of ability to create something when, you know, third and sixth breaks down and being able to run for it. And right. And we see such a shame for your franchise to have Brady. I know it's been a tough, it's been a tough run. And I'm, I, you know, but the, the Patriots, I do think targeted Mac Jones to some degree, right? Obviously it was lucky that he fell to them and everything like that, but um, you know, two games in or whatever, it's interesting to see and compare him to Trey Lance or to Justin Fields or to, you know, Zach Wilson guys that were considered more mobile, certainly good. If you draft Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Josh Allen, Zach Wilson, you're you're drafting what can be. You're drafting the the player that they can work themselves into, the tools they have, and the you're drafting Matt Jones. You're drafting what's there today. I mean, Matt Jones' footwork in the pocket is amazing. Matt Jones' accuracy is amazing. So you're like almost Matt Jones', penal- Matt Jones almost- mental quarterbacking is very very good. So you're penalizing well, him basically for how advanced well, he is. There's no upside. There's no. Well, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have the skills. Home. He doesn't never. have the skill set to do what Mahomes does. He's never going to be Josh Allen. Okay, so so the, Trey Lance so my question then becomes like, so so like a Brady, right? Like he clearly like this is a good comp, right? Because ultimately, like Brady had similar footwork, and they thought he was very smart the, and everything like that. Brady's the best athlete of all time. He's forty-four years old, dominating his sport. You can't compare anybody to Tom Brady, in my opinion. Okay, so the definition of athlete there is the thing that probably people would take issue with, right? Like you can't say that Tom Brady is a better athlete than Michael Jordan or what do mean he's faster or stronger jumps higher, but he's more effective in his sport than Michael Jordan. So then again, this overall, again, I'm not trying to take a hill, but the idea of, so, so so what is to stop Mac Jones from being that? Because Mac Jones does not have like, Tom Brady well, is anybody from being it, but you're literally you're 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 taking a body type and saying, okay, here's the best player of all time that's currently dominating his sport at what is he, 44 years old, and comparing a rookie to that's just not likely well, in any it's way. It's a body type ever Tom it's, Brady. It's a body type, it's a skill set. It's like a, it, I, I get it. Like I understand it. I I just think it's interesting to juxtapose those two and for you to just continue to say you know, Mac Jones, this is his ceiling, right? Because ultimately we've seen someone recently and I, I mean, Brady's one in a million, so I'm not saying Mac Jones is going to be Brady. Don't, don't get me wrong, but like, it's interesting to like, look at someone like Mac Jones and basically be like, 
yeah, he's a finished product and he can't get any better when where Brady, like how Brady got better was becoming even better at reading plays, becoming even better at like reacting, becoming even more accurate, probably in a lot of ways. And, you know, understanding how to do these pieces of the game better and better. And, you know, is that it's like hiding in plain sight, right? That kind of idea is that leverage. So, so much more. Um, I think you're not giving Brady enough credit. Like, I don't think like the fact that the fact that he is who he is and is as dominant as he's, as he is, is I think I like, you know, I gave Brady no credit after he left the Patriots. So that's, this is like a complete biased argument. You didn't pay him enough. He wanted to be paid his fair market rate and you didn't do it. What do you want him to do? We don't do that as a franchise. We, we don't that's do that. fair. So, we but how do you don't overprice him, guys? You don't have to pay him, but you can't be mad that he left for twice well, the price. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad. I mean, I'm joking a little bit about know, the, of course. The, the, the concept, but I, I do think it's, so the narrative, right, is the narrative on Brady last year in maybe like the week 15, 16, 17 of the season compared to where it is now, it's insane, right? He won a Super Bowl needing major knee surgery at 42 years old. I, year. I get it, Matt. Well, they had a very good team across the board. Great defensive coaching. Great I get it, but players. I feel like there's a lot of results bias happening here, and I understand that he's been pretty good these first two games for sure, but he has incredible offensive weapons. He has a great defense, and, you know, I'm, I'm listen, again, like all we need to do is have Ed teach on, and, and we'll go crazy on this whole, like, Tampa Bay Buccaneers thing all over again. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk when, about when how the, Brady's amazing. He's, he's, he's on the Saints bandwagon this year. When, when are the Saints going to play Taysom Hill and actually have a chance to win the Super Bowl? So you are on the Taysom Hill bandwagon, right? I think Taysom Hill I told, I told you that. Player, the more they get him on the field doing things, the better. I think he I told looks you. a little funny, and that's why they don't play, play him. I, Jeff, I told time, you that last week. I think week. Peyton really wanted to play him, and if he didn't, he must have gotten Rufus, beat out. So. Yeah, you, that's what I, why I'm rephrasing this. I'm, I know because Jeff was Jeff was convinced that you were like the Drew Brees lover who hated Taysom Hill, and I was like, no, you thought Taysom Hill was a huge upgrade last year. Oh, well, I, I mean, Drew Brees was. I mean, he retired at the right time. He, this is why, again, going back to Brady. Brady's like four or five years older than Drew Brees, and Drew Brees was like. So was Drew, was Drew Brees a game manager? Rufus, yeah, it's a good question. At the end of his career, certainly. Well. I mean, throughout his career, so like again, you go back to like the, the ultimate yeah. question here that I'm seeking is what's what's Mac Jones' okay. real ceiling, and I think it's higher than you guys are indicating. Although I think Matt, you have a very high opinion of him right now, so potentially that's coloring your idea of like where his ceiling is from here. Um, but anyway, obviously anybody can get better, but like in 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 today's NFL, the the they finally figured out that the quarterback running the ball is a really good thing. So you have Matt Jones, your, your quarterback's never running the ball. You're completely taking away a gigantic piece of possible offense. So what you're saying is basically the Patriots, by drafting Matt Jones, are trying to play football in a way that it was played 20 years ago rather than the, the like – you drafted Matt Jones because the Patriots are a good football team. They might yeah. be the second or third best team they've seen. The Patriots can win the Super Bowl this year with Matt Jones. That's why they drafted him. I love hearing that. I'm going to give you a big hug when I see you. They, they can't. So, so here's the question. Not, like, not a COVID hug, coaching. like a real hug. Like, bring you in for the real thing. Mm -hmm. Let's hope they win some games first, I guess, huh? 
So, so lost the first one. So who should be who should be favored in this game? Which game? Patriots and Saints. I do not see how the Patriots are favored. Oh, that's who plays this week, huh? Yeah, the Patriots are a three-point favorite. Oh, they were last I checked. Yeah, they're three points. It's no, minus. The, it's the, minus one. It's it's the minus Saints, three the even. Have, the Saints have a lot of injuries. I, I'm kind of surprised how high this line is, but I. I I'm I surprised how the line is too. I mean, I I thought the Saints. The Patriots are really here. good. The Patriots are really good. And I know that I'm low on the Patriots because I know they had all those COVID opt-outs last year, and I'm not – Massey Peabody doesn't know how to account for that because that's not what it does. It's a, it's a model, you know. It's not – The best coaching and the good, now good quarterback. I mean, the, the huge quarterback upgrade, in my opinion, from Cam Newton last year. Yeah. So, my guess, Rufus has been hammering the Saints, and the Saints will continue to go down, hopefully. So, maybe maybe we'll get some Patriots value later in the week for the Patriot lover over here. I'm surprised how high that line is, just looking at it. I, I, I know they like when you, it seems, it I know seems so on, different like, than what it would be in the preseason. Matt, when you look at a line like that, for, even with your point of view, right, which is essentially that the Patriots are really good, right? The Saints think, are also like, really good. Do you think like someone agrees, someone smart agrees with you, or do you think like that's still too high? I mean, I'm I don't have a good answer now because I didn't even though they played each other until a minute ago. Like I honestly haven't. We've got a big company, a big organization. We have a lot of people doing a lot of work, so I only do the final part of the work. So when I say I haven't done any work, like I haven't done any work on football for this weekend. I've done nothing but dev work so far this week and dealing with, you know, working on our processes from last weekend. So if if this if this was recorded tomorrow night, I'd have a better answer for you. I haven't. Yeah, well, I, I, Rufus I should have taken that into account up, when I he decided to put A bunch of data, like, seconds before this podcast started, and it's not that interesting. <laughs> I thought it would be interesting. All right, do we want to – Talk any college football, any kind of things that pop out this week. It sounds like you haven't run numbers either, so you don't know. What I are like the UAB in general? I I I I think UAB is a great football team. I don't understand that line. UAB plus three and a half against Tulane. What's that? Yeah, the Blazers three eighty three. Yeah, no, I know them. The they've only been a they they ruin they've been ruining Rufus's spreadsheets for a while because. They've only been in a Division One team for a few years, so. The UAB? No, no, no. They they just decided to disband the program, and then Roddy White and others helped bring it back. Why is Arizona? Why is Arizona so bad, Rufus? I'm I don't know. They lo- they lost like, to Northern Arizona though. Like that's got to be really embarrassing. Yeah, and even worse. Did you see the game against San Diego State? I mean, it was like. They look so. I mean, it, could be Vanderbilt. Their over under was like one and a half wins Vanderbilt's this year. An SEC team looks like a high school team. Yeah, they, <laughs> the, I mean, but that's been the case for years. About mm, Vanderbilt. They, they Vanderbilt. Were okay. They were they recruit like middle of the road for all college football teams. They, they shouldn't look like a high school team yet. Like, did you see them versus Colorado State? And Colorado State, who's not that good, like ran them over. I mean, I know Vanderbilt won the game, but Colorado State completely ran them over. And obviously Stanford, you know, this weekend was it was nuts. And now they play Georgia, which is kind of funny. And then I looked at my test to be really high. Did you yeah, like Tulane last week? I liked Tulane last week. Yeah, I thought because I, I I thought we I, I I seem to recall we both liked Tulane last week. And that didn't really work out. Boy, 
talking about a team with great offensive coaching, Lane Kiffin, that 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 team's interesting. They they play Alabama this week or next week. I think they're not playing this week. Ole Miss. They play Alabama soon, and they could beat Alabama. Who do you Alabama like? Uh, who do you like to win the national championship right now, Matthew? Alabama. Like versus <laughs> the R, or like versus like a market line. Versus market line. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like George, I, I mean, I, I'm going to give you like another big Georgia, hug because I, I have Georgia, like, yeah, I have so Georgia futures. That's I like what I Georgia for usual. Yeah. I like, I like Georgia. I mean, Alabama's, I guess, better than Georgia. Maybe they're not this year, though. Alabama was not that good versus Florida. I mean, Florida's good. I mean, obviously a lot of talent, but is it, is it? It's possible that Georgia and Mississippi are both better than Alabama this year. It's possible. I'm not saying it's likely. Obviously, I'm you know. Okay, but can we can we say that like there have been years like this in the past where it looks like Alabama was maybe a little bit vulnerable, and they, you know, Nick Saban does a very good job of like getting that team to progress throughout the season too. I mean, it's, oh, so you're saying it, Nick Saban's a good coach? I am saying that yes. Just th- th- remember, remember the Patriots in the previous years, how they would, you know, experiment early in the season, and you know they might have a few losses early on, but but they would always be better towards the end of the year. Like if you look at the Patriots, the second half of the year, yeah, or like I mean, pretty big sample size. They were, yeah. I mean, it, it does of- seem to me like Atlanta or out not Atlanta, um, Alabama. There are years when people are like, oh, you know, they're not that good. They're not that good. And then suddenly they turn it on and they are that good. That's anecdotal, of course, but but it comes from my betting experience. This is um, the only the the kind of analysis you only get on the Bet the Process podcast, which is that Nick Saban's a good coach and his team's tend I to think it's, better at the end. I think it's really cool that we've got a whole college football season. Full cards every Saturday, full stadiums. Is uh, it insane, by the I way? Find the way the Penn State game. I mean, how much fun did the Penn State game look look like against Auburn on Saturday night? It looked fun, but the question is, the fans are wearing white, but the team isn't, and their opponent is. Like, I don't understand that. Is the, it the, the whiteouts? The, the, the white, right, right, right. The, 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 the fans State are State. wearing white. Right. You're saying why didn't the Penn State what? team choose to also wear white? That's yeah. a, I guess, a reasonable question. And apparently, their opponent wore white. I didn't actually watch well, the game, but that's because what I was told. Penn State wore dark. Um, yeah. But like it you would think, seem, okay. You, honestly, that doesn't seem interesting to me. Yeah, okay. But you were talking about the whiteout, so clearly it was the game was interesting to you. Well, I, and I the atmosphere. The, I like the 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 idea that all these people drive from so far away. That's not only true of Penn State, like you know Alabama, Auburn. Uh, who's your team, Jeff? Georgia is my college team. No, he he he's a fan of a team called the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Um, shit, I don't even know what their mascot is. It's coming from the, nerds, the guy the that nerds. roots for the Eli's. The nerds. The, right. I, I root for the Eli's in many ways. You know, you know, Ed went to Ed, Ed, Ed went to school there. I don't think a lot of sports were played from here. I've, I've heard a lot of stories about him. And his Ed friends seems like he probably Norman, played. A bunch I don't think of it was very sport heavy. <laughs> What's that? Ed seems like he probably played a bunch of sports at MIT. <laughs> Uh, no, we sports is not our forte for sure. Um, yeah, but there's other reasons to go to MIT. I think Boston presumably is one of them. Uh, Ed, we yeah, love you. That was not a knock on you. What's up? 
I hear the academics are very good there. They're marginal. They're marginal to quite marginal. It may not be up to Yale standards. Exactly. But. You know, but they're work. They're improving. They're working towards something. They have right. something to work towards. I, 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 I have to. I have to say, it's it's interesting for you. You know, you you make you make that joke about being smart. I mean, look where you guys. You went to MIT. Rubens went to Yale. I I feel like a mental midget next to you guys in so many ways. Oh my God! Stop. Yeah, it. but you're smarter than both of us combined. So that is not in any way, shape, or form true. I wish I had gone to MIT. Where did you go to school? Arizona State. That's the MIT of the mid of MIT of the Southwest. That's the oh, MIT of, that that's say the MIT of Arizona football programs this year, the, at least. The, MIT, there's shirts that say MIT because not everyone could be a sun devil. I'll make we could make a shirt like that that says that it'd be great. It's a good idea. Uh, let's let our one listener go. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll be in Vegas for Rufus's reawakening weekend. Um, you can DM us on Twitter, and you know I, I do think it'll probably be reasonable that we'll be hanging out at the Aria most of the weekend. Um, we'll be at the crafts table around 10 p.m. on Friday night if you want to come up. Uh, the code word is Rufus is a dog's name, and then we know you're with the Bet the Process podcast. So thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Matt, for joining us. Thanks, Rufus, for marginally being on time, and we'll talk to you guys all again next week. Later, guys. Thanks, Rufus. Thanks, Jeff. See you, Matt. The numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are put to engines running off a of leaded. 